Listening Dog Media. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, forward, by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Offside Rule. We get it. With Lindsay Hooper, Hayley McQueen, and Kate Borsay. Hello and welcome to episode three of the Offside Rule podcast. Once more, I'm joined by Hayley McQueen. Hello, everyone. And Kate Borsay. Hello. Uh, we have some news because not only are we on Audio Boo now for a brand new season, thank you very much for downloading, by the way, if you have been uh, out every Thursday. Uh, we're also on Twitter at Offside Rule Pod, but we now have, thanks to Kate Borsay and Rich Laverty, a brand new sparkly website. <laughs> so tell us a bit about it. Yes, um, at the moment it's best viewed on a PC or on a laptop because if you do it that way you get to see profiles of everyone involved uh, behind the scenes and of course uh, more about us guys as well. There's a gallery there, uh, there's details about our Twitter topic of the week, there's features, there's all kinds of stuff and there's a bit about our mission statement and who we are and loads of great content there to have a look at. And if ever you miss one of our episodes, there's a back catalogue so you can go back, listen, it'll direct you in the right places. Um, So let's tease you with what's coming up um, in terms of topic two. TikTok, TikTok, the transfer window is ticking down. Um, so I'm asking you what final bits of business do you think will be done in the summer window? Um, on to topic three, we've got stolen goods. Um, after Chelsea snatched William from under Spurs' nose. Oh. How naughty. It's inspired us to get us thinking of things that have been stolen in football. I want one example, and you can go completely wildcard on that. Um, we have our foreign roundup, and this week it's Kate Partridge with a Bundesliga roundup and Twitter topic of the week, which Faker Others will bring us. But we will start with topic one, and I can tell you that this is entitled Lessons Learned. Do you learn many lessons? Are you the sort of people, girls, just share with our listeners what type of people you are. Do you learn lessons, Kate, in life? I try to, especially if I've made a massive kahuna of myself. I try and learn a lesson from that wherever I can. But I'm quite stubborn, so getting me to admit that I need to learn a lesson is uh, perhaps the first hurdle to to, uh, climb over. Occasional things, I do repeat the same mistakes. How about you? I pretend I haven't made any mistakes and everything's just perfect. (laughs) I forget it, put it to the back of my mind and then hope that no one ever tells me I have made these mistakes because I don't like it. Just like I don't like losing. Oh, I'm with you on that one. Um, So this is footballing lessons learned. So the first couple of weeks of the Premier League season, uh, two weeks in, obviously some teams have played three games, Chelsea and Aston Villa. But what are the, the shocks, the talking points and different things that we've taken from it and what we've learned so far? So I would like three lessons if possible um, that you've learned and no more than a minute on each point and I'm going to start with Hayley McQueen. 
Okay, three lessons learned. One of them is that Joe Hart doesn't start seasons very well, does he? He's had an up and down season last season and he's coming in for a lot of criticism this season. Led in two against Southampton, two against Liverpool, one against Queen's Park Rangers. But do not fret because he did exactly the same last season and went on to, you know, register a Good few clean sheets as well. But last season, he conceded the first few games, two against Manchester United, two against Bolton and one against Tottenham as well. Some are saying he's lost his sparkle. He isn't the golden boy anymore. And since his profile has started to rise with his uh, dandruff shampoo adverts and goodness knows what else, he's become a bit of a poster boy that actually his uh, talents are starting to wane. Uh, I was very, very shocked to hear David Platt chatting to Al Jazeera and revealing that if Mancini were to stay at Manchester City, that they were planning on getting rid of Joe Hart and they were going to sign Asmir Begovic. So there you have it. That's yeah, crazy. These are apparently the quotes that came from David Platt. So I was very surprised at that. But I maybe wasn't surprised that he started the season fairly badly, I think it's fair to say. A bit of an erratic year for club and country as well. Um, however, I think he'll be OK. He'll, he'll come good. Made that mistake in the 3-2 win over Scotland as well. But Roy Hodgson's come out and says it's going to take more than a couple of games before we lose faith in a guy who's proved himself to be England's number one over a long period of time. So he doesn't start seasons very well last couple of seasons was all about player power wasn't it this season the clubs seem to be winning we've got Liverpool with the Luis Suarez situation with Rodgers punishing him he's apologised and things have turned round there so the club has won on that occasion it looks like Manchester United are going to win on the Wayne Rooney situation as well we knew the end of last season with Sir Alex Ferguson coming out and saying that Rooney was going to be leaving the club or wanted to leave the club David Moyes somehow managing to talk him back round we think at the moment it doesn't look like he's going to be on his way to Chelsea could be eating my words if we're listening to this podcast in a few weeks time but I think the club in this instance has won over the player and his agent as well. It makes me happy when club wins over player battles because it shouldn't be the players dictating at all. One player who is dictating things, Gareth Bale, on his way to Real Madrid. But Tottenham are winning in this one in that they've held on for the best possible price. They're going to make absolute mega bucks out of this one. And they didn't let him go at the first opportunity and take however many, you know, tens of millions of euros and what have you. But there you go. Di Canio as well, punishing his players, even though he's got some brilliant players playing for him at Sunderland. You've got Phil Barsley. As soon as they step out of line, that is absolutely it. He lets them know they've made a mistake and that is the club having power over the player there. Another lesson we've learned, it's going to be a long old season for Crystal Palace. Winless start to the season. Um... A defeat to Bristol City as well in the Capital One Cup. So things not looking good there. Um, Stats weren't too bad from the couple of opening games, but just not good enough. It was only that narrow defeat to Tottenham, as we know. Um, We've got Ian Holloway, I think, is probably in his post-match interviews and his press conferences a little bit more exciting than the football that we're going to be seeing. I think Zaha was such a huge loss for them. They missed out on Darren Bent as well. That was a massive low. It is going to be a really, really tough season. When you look at some of the class and the class signings, particularly with midfielders in the Premier League at the moment, you just... You just can't compare Crystal Palace and their side. You, you kind of sit down and think, oh, could I could I name a starting eleven? I absolutely couldn't. And they're currently in the bottom of the table. Poor old Crystal Palace. Could be a long season for Crystal Palace, maybe a short season for Ian Holloway, unfortunately. I'd, not, I'd like to see him stick around in the Premier League because he's such good value, but already under pressure. Uh, what three lessons have you learned, Kate? First of all, I just think it's 
ridiculous that Ian Holloway is under pressure. Can I just tie this up, <laughs> yeah. sweep it up and chuck it out the window right now? It's ridiculous that he's under pressure. Palace are trying to protect themselves so that if they do go back down, they don't have colossal debts to have to contend with as well. So for anyone writing off Ian Holloway, I think you're ridiculous. Right, my three lessons, very briefly. First of all, you should never write off Cardiff at home. Lindsay Hooper. <laughs> we might snap. <laughs> this is particularly aimed at Lindsay Hooper because we went to the Ashes on Sunday oh, no. at Hayley and uh, this game hadn't kicked off. It was a four o'clock kickoff, and we sat there at about midday soaking up the sunshine at the Oval, stopping on a Pims or two. And, uh, and Lindsay said, I think it's going to be a whitewash. <laughs> at the Cardiff City Stadium tonight. It's going to be a 4-0, a 5-0. And I went, oh, Linz, I think City might have it, but I think it's going to be closer than that. I, I, can, I can see a 2-1. I can see a 3-1. I didn't see a 3-2 to Cardiff, though, against Manchester City on Sunday. Not since 1962 had Cardiff hosted top-flight football. And uh, uh, 51 years later, they're doing it in absolute style, aren't they? I bet the spectators there, uh, the crowd couldn't quite believe what they were seeing. They'd beaten a super power club. Manchester City spent close to £100 million in this window so far. Uh, Cardiff, by the way, last season only lost two games at home. So we should know this lesson by now, shouldn't we? But yeah, never, ever write them off at home. My other lesson comes from that Cardiff game too. Uh, and that is that Cardiff owner Vincent Tan uh, should probably learn not to put his football shirt on over all of his clothes. <laughs> Maybe take off a few clothes, first of all. If you didn't see this image, and I presume most of you did, go and look it up. It's absolutely brilliant. When we put on a football shirt, we normally take off a layer or two. For us girls, we might keep our undergarments on. We might even put a bit of body armour on as well. The message from Kate is, Vincent Tan, get your kit off. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so he basically left all his clothes on. So he, so, so he left on a shirt. I'm just going to paint the picture for those people that haven't seen it. And we'll try and stick it up on our website and on our Facebook page because it's such a good look for him. Uh, he left on a shirt with contrasting cuffs and collars. So that was the first fashion mistake with a pink tie. Then he put the Cardiff City shirt over it and then he tucked it into his high-waisted trousers, slipped back his hair and put on a pair of shades as well. He looked like the sort of bloke who played the Malaysian version of Dr No in the famous <laughs> Bond, <laughs> Bond film. Mixed with a bit of Simon Cowell. Uh, the Daily Mail even used the headline Maverick Cardiff Chief Tan which if you read it the wrong way might seem like he was some Native American uh, uh, chief of tribe or something. <laughs> 10 out of 10 for effort, naught uh, out of 10 for execution. <laughs> My other quick one, never bet on an undergoals market for a League Cup tie. We're recording this on Wednesdays. We haven't seen tonight's action yet. But of course, uh, last night, 18 matches, 80 goals last night. 6-3 uh, between Norwich and Bury. 6-0 to Peterborough. They absolutely hammered. Uh, uh, Reading did really well there against lower league opposition. Uh, and at 5-1 to Southampton. So uh, never ever bet on an undergoals market in a League Cup tie. Thank you for your three lessons. Um, as you could probably tell from Kate Borsay's first one, my lesson is also to do with Lindsay never underestimate Cardiff City at home. <laughs> so that's number one ticked off after our conversation at the Ashes. Uh, I don't need to elaborate any more on that one. I've put expect more mind games from Jose. I think this is very interesting this season. He's come back and he's picked up exactly where he left off. 
Um, he pointed the finger at David Moyes, didn't he, to do with the whole Rooney debacle and said the, the whole reason that we've gone in for Wayne Rooney is because you said he was second-rate striker. So the, the pre-match before Chelsea and United came against each other saw David Moyes being very flattering and complimentary towards Jose. Good to see him back. It'll be great to see him in the opposite dugout in Old Trafford. And there's Jose just wangling his finger around and stirring the hornet's nest a little bit with the Wayne Rooney transfer. And since then, has even then, I think, envisaged that it might be slipping away. So then issued this ultimatum of you've got 48 hours to decide. And it seems to have backfired a little because Wayne Rooney is saying, I'm not going to hand in a transfer request. And as we record this podcast, there might be more twists to the tail, but that's where we're at. But I think there's more mind games to come from Jose and uh, certainly something that we'll be looking out for. That's a lesson that we've learned. Jose Mourinho, he tells porky pies, doesn't he? <laughs> because he, I'm interested in just the one player. Oh, how many have we seen come in the door, yeah. Jose? An abundance of talent that most clubs would be ridiculously jealous of. He doesn't need all these players. But yes, he's greedy and he tells lies. Um, another manager that used to tell a bit of porky, though, was Alex Ferguson, wasn't it? So they're, they're two of a kind there. He's a legend. He's a legend. Can't can't just a legend. He's not there to defend himself in post match <laughs> interviews now, Lindsay. Leave him alone. But also, you know, Chelsea have spent that Rooney money already. I think with Eto and Willian as well. So I think uh, that Mourinho not only telling Porkies but also properly stirring up because I think he knew Rooney wasn't going to come to Chelsea days before he said that. Okay. Well, that was my second one and third one. Along the goals market, but I've gone for the opposite. You went for League Cup, Kate. I've actually gone for Premier League and said, don't expect as many goals as last season. Already we've started. Um, last season, um, every single um, game averaged two and 2.8 goals, which was massive. We're not going to get anywhere near that the way that it started this season. We've seen a lot more defensive outfits. I mean, if you look at Norwich City and how they've really stacked up at the back, I, I just can't see as many goals being shipped by different defences. Spurs, you know, they've only won on penalties so far in the Premier League as we record this like one nil narrow victories and I think there's going to be a lot of that going ahead and of course the Manchester United Chelsea nil nil I actually predicted 1-1 for that game but in the back of my mind there was a bit of me that thought it could be goalless and then I thought no no surely someone with those midfields someone's going to score but no it didn't happen so I, I think we're not going to get as many goals as we did last season although I still think it will be entertaining just in a different way The female take on football Um, On to topic two then, TikTok, TikTok. Uh, The transfer window is ticking down. So what final bits of business do you think will be done in the summer window? Now, you can go for something very obvious. You can go for something a little bit more left field. But I'd like two players and the deals that you think will go through before the end of the transfer window, starting this time with Kate. Okay, well, I've just had a quick sweep round because I don't know about anyone else, but I've got transfer window-itis. I'm a bit over it now. Is everyone else? I mean, I mean I'm mean, i sure it's going to build up as we approach deadline day again, probably. And we'll be sat in front of our TVs, in front of Jim and Natalie in their transfer yellow tie and matching dress, won't we? We'll all be there. Um, but I'm a little bit over it for the moment. What I do like uh, is the thought of Masoud Ertzil coming to the Premier League. Um, we know that Real Madrid wants to want rid of him. Uh, he's dropped uh stropped off or stropped out of the game the other night as well um i've been really interested in him since he kind of um, broke onto the international stage at the World Cup 2010. In fact, I think he scored against us in that 4-1 uh, game uh, against Germany that England had. Um, I think he's a terrific player. I think he's just got a bit lost at Real Madrid, actually. He you know, attacks from the midfield and he's not necessarily 
player-wise, exactly what Arsenal need, although they're, they're the ones who are being touted with him. But I would just love to see him play in the Premier League. I actually was going to choose him. Myself and Hayley had a chat before recording this, but... I actually thought he'd be a very good fit for United. Um, an attacking midfielder, his number of assists in La Liga were immense. And that's what Robin Van Persie needs, that, that player that can pick out those passes. Um, but as we said, I'll let Hayley reveal this morning. In fact, Hayley was breaking the news. Oh, no. Why? What's Sky happened? Sports News, yellow strap. Well, you never know because what players come out and say sometimes doesn't quite happen. However, he was at the Bernabeu today and he was launching a new kit sponsor, uh, a new boot sponsor, I should say, his own personal um, change of brand. And he came out and spoke and said he absolutely wasn't going anywhere. Why would he want to re- leave Real Madrid? He was really happy there, wanted to make sure he was uh, getting in the side and he was playing for one of the best clubs in the world and pretty much ruled out a move anywhere. And he was asked repeatedly about leaving um, La Liga and possibly come into the Premier League and he flatly ruled it out but might not be up to him in the end. It's interesting isn't it because of course he could be um, trying to demonstrate his loyalty to the club as in it isn't me that wants to leave it's them who needs to get rid of me to uh, create some funds and we know that we know that there are a couple of players that could potentially be on the way of uh, way out of Real Madrid. But yeah, it's it's always interesting, isn't it? I'd love to see him here again. Whether he comes or not is another matter entirely. I'm not going to do any more trolley dashing for Arsene Wenger, but get yourself a goalkeeper, for goodness sake. They're just so vulnerable in defence as well uh, as a goalkeeper. Really interested um, in uh, a 21-year-old Denmark international Christian Eriksen being linked with a move possibly to Tottenham as well. That's just hearsay at the moment, but I'd like to see him actually in the Premier League too. Um, Liverpool are going to need a defender, aren't they? Because Colo Torres is, uh, is uh, injured now. He came off in the game uh, against Notts County last night and I just think we need desperately need backup in that area. Um, you can stop now if there was any two. I am going to stop there because otherwise you could carry on talking until the cows come home. Couldn't you moo? (laughs) We'll let Hayley moo on instead. I'm going to go with an Arsenal signing. I think just a Real Madrid player to Arsenal. I think Wenger is going to make a couple of big signings. Could be Benzema, could be Di Maria, somebody like that. Nobody wants to leave Real Madrid at the moment. We thought maybe Cristiano Ronaldo was on his way out. There's that number seven shirt still just there. Manchester United, nobody's snapped that up yet. Maybe he was going to make a move back. Don't think he wants to leave. Nobody does. Why would you want to leave Real Madrid? The players like Gareth Bell desperately wanting to go and play there away from the Premier League, which is a bit sad. However, as we discussed in the other week, I didn't want to completely repeat myself, but Iker Casillas, as you mentioned there, Kate, they do need a goalkeeper. And I think Casillas would be a really good fit. But again, I think he will fight for his place. I don't think he will leave. But I do think there will be a big Real Madrid name going to Arsenal. And they've got the money to do it. They've got the Champions League football. They're guaranteed that. So I think they'll be absolutely fine. I think Mata is going to leave Chelsea. The beginning of the season, I'd have said absolutely not a chance, but they have an abundance of talents in midfield. So many attacking midfield players. It's just ridiculous. Um, Jose Mourinho said there's far too much being made of the talk of him moving away, maybe to Manchester United. Not a chance he will go to Manchester United if Chelsea haven't managed to um, get the services of Wayne Rooney. Uh, But Liverpool, as a potential loan deal, 
don't know if that's going to actually happen, but that was one of the rumours. I don't think he'd move up north either. I think he's he's a very cultured player. We had a special report on him and he loves living in London. So I think if he was going to go anywhere, maybe he could go across town to Arsenal. But he's just too good to sit on the bench. I can't believe he was on the bench. Mourinho said it was because he didn't have a very strong uh, pre-season, i.e. he didn't have many games for Chelsea in the build-up. He couldn't quite see how they all fit together. Um, Top flight assist charts last season, absolutely leading that. A healthy number of goals as well, 20 in all competitions last season. But he doesn't look like one of Jose Mourinho's key players. He's always going to go with an Oscar and a Hazard. And how do you leave a Juan Mata out of the side? You just think you can't, but Mourinho has done it. He's one of those players. He's very slight. He's not massively physical. Maybe not a Mourinho-type player. A little bit like a Joe Cole situation, perhaps. I'm not comparing Joe Cole to Juan Mata. <laughs> <laughs> But I'm just saying, that type of player. Can I just say, Juan, if you're listening, I'm so sorry. (laughs) You need that kind of, you need, you know, pushing back and uh, and that kind of physical presence that you have, as well as kind of being a a bit of a playmaker and sort of thoughtful and, you know, one of the, he's he's an intelligent player Mm -hmm. there, isn't he? But for whatever reason, I just don't know. Maybe it is Mourinho genuinely just doesn't quite think he's fit enough to start the season. I just don't get it, but I, I think he's on his way out. I really do think I'll be a big surprise. Well, my first one is pretty much a dead cert going to happen. So as we record this podcast, in fact, out there right now, it could be going through. Um, Eric Lamella to go to Spurs and he's been in London to complete the £30 million move and I, I do think it will all be tied up. 21 years old, plays on the wing, which is what Spurs are going to need when Gareth Bale has disappeared. Um, scoring, f- <laughs> of course he's going to go. Um, and he scored 15 goals in 35 games in Serie A last season. Um, a very good player. I'm excited about seeing him. And uh, Spurs have been in talks with Roma for a fortnight about this deal. I'm guessing the stalling on the bail deal has stalled this deal slightly. Um, but the fee has gone up 25.5 million, which ends up with the add ons being about 30 million in total. A little bit overpriced, I think, for him as a 21 year old, but got a long career ahead, hopefully. Injury pending, of course. Um, but he was left out of Roma's starting 11 against Livorno on Sunday, which is another key thing to take into account. So I think that one's going to happen. But my other one's a bit more of a gamble, and I'm going with a Chelsea player as well, who was left on the bench in the last game, and that's Fernando Torres, who we know has had a turbulent time at the Blues. And I think he's going to go to Napoli and be linked up with Rafa Benitez once more, because let's face it, it's the Spanish manager that brings out the best in Fernando Torres, although Kate Borsay will argue that it just depends on his haircut as well at the time. Yeah, now having looked at the haircut for this season, and I did watch him on the bench the other night against Manchester United, um, he's gone for, you know, dark and short. He, he he looks a shadow of his former self. I, I have to say, if I was basing it on haircuts, he's not confident because he always grows his hair a bit when he's feeling like he's finding form. This is, by the way, complete nonsense, but this is how I like to look at it. Uh, based on his current haircut, I'd say he's not very confident at the moment. He looks withdrawn, he looks lonely, um, just a shadow of his former self. Maybe he needs some of that Napoli sunshine, Lindsay. Maybe you're absolutely right. In terms of whether he'd go to Napoli or not, I can't see that. I think they've probably spent most of their funds, but I can see him and I would respect him for wanting a move away. I'm just thinking, I had my hair cut a little while ago. (laughs) 
there was there was only a few inches off it of my long blonde Torres locks, but I've been feeling a bit low and not quite confident in myself. I'm thinking maybe my Sky Sports boss might send me away to Spain until it grows back, get some naturally sun-kissed free highlights, and I'll I'll come back a different woman. Make me a promise, Haley. If you do get sent off to Spain and you come back with a new haircut, can you come back with dreadlocks and can we see you on Sky Sports News with them? Yeah, totally. <laughs> Man. Gareth Bale signed for Real Madrid. I am so chilled out. This is how it's going. You're going to Spain, not Jamaica. But the dreadlocks. dreadlocks. The dreadlocks. The female take on football. So after Chelsea snatched William from under Spurs' nose, it has got us thinking about things that have been stolen in football. And I gave you completely free reign on this topic, girls. So I'd love to see what you've come up with. Your one favourite football steal. Now, it might have been a bargain. It might have been something actually stolen. It might be a personal story. Who would like to go first on this one? Me? Oh, Hayley's pointing at me. Okay, well, mine's very quick, but it's quite funny. Um, I've, lit- I've taken the word steal literally, so for stolen, and I found a great story from the World Cup. And it was, it's actually called World Cup Thief's Own Goal. Did anyone hear this story where a thief stole a World Cup ticket from a woman's handbag but was caught after sitting down to watch the game next to the victim's husband? (laughs) That's brilliant. What an idiot. (laughs) I thought it was amazing. And this happened quite a few years ago. But, yeah, the Munich police were called because a lady had had the ticket stolen out of her bag. And the husband was like, well, who are you, mate? I'm going to report you now. You obviously stole my wife's ticket. What was he doing? He'd gone into the match. He was like... Love, I'm sorry you've just been robbed, mugged, ticket taken off you, but I'm going in here. You can get yourself home, pet. Maybe he didn't know. Maybe he was greeted by the absence of his wife and suddenly this joker turns up and sits in her seat and he's trying to desperately piece it all together. Has his wife left him and given her ticket to some random stranger because she doesn't want to say goodbye and the marriage is over? Added extra would be if you turned up with the handbag too. That would be brilliant. Um, so who's next then? I'm going to have a show of hands. Haley. Mine involves a national team who made, uh, who made off with thousands of pounds worth of goods from Heathrow Airport by mistake, quite literally thinking that duty-free... Men, it was free. It was just oh. free. And this is, this, is an, this is an actual story. It's genuine. In 1990, the Albanian national side and the under-21s who were travelling with them as well were heading to play a game in Iceland. It was a friendly. They had a, a, a good few hours to kill in Heathrow Airport and they saw the signs, duty-free. They saw lots of people wandering around with trolleys of cigarettes and alcohol and jewellery and all the lip glosses and things that, of course, you buy in duty-free. Yeah, that's right, boys. I know you love your lip glosses. <laughs> but, yeah, 37 members of the team made off with 3,000 £400 worth of items without paying for them and there was an airport employee who was quoted, I found this quote on the internet, in Time magazine by the time they got to the gate there were watches everywhere so they practically ransacked the shops. £3,000 worth of goods, that is not a couple of bags discreetly put under your jumper is it? Not that I have any experience of this at all. The Albanian national site, they didn't realise what they were doing was, was wrong, they just thought by turning imagine going to terminal five now in 2013 probably a very different scene to Heathrow airport in 1990 you've got Harrods in there now but yeah the officials actually detained 30 of the players but they they were unable to find translators had to call off the investigation 
And there you go. So that was that. I love it. Kate, top that. Uh, A couple of seasons ago, Alex McLeish's villa was struggling to provide much entertainment at home to Manchester City until someone came on the pitch and literally stole the show. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) It was a naked man. And I say this on the back of Hayley McQueen having brandished her pants in our face earlier, Hayley McQueen, (laughs) talking of nakedness. It's okay. She She, is wearing a pair at the same time and she was not naked. (laughs) (laughs) That's next. No, it's not. Uh, So with 15 minutes remaining of this game and uh, Villa very short of attacking options, this chap thought he'd take matters into his own hands and provide a bit of... Entertainment and what I and what I love about streakers is they think it's a good idea and they charge onto the pitch and then they kind of panic a bit. I don't mind if a streaker's got conviction and has a clear game plan of where they're going to streak and what they're going to get up to. But this chap ran onto the pitch naked, apart from his shoes and socks, of course. He had to leave them on, didn't he? <laughs> you know what always baffles me as well is they always do it when it's cold and it's in December, a December match. Does no man any favours at all, does it, chaps? Uh, So this guy runs onto the pitch, gets a bit like, what do I do now? So what do you do when you've got the Villa Park crowd, tens of thousands of people looking at you? You attempt a handstand, don't you? (laughs) So this guy comes onto the pitch, attempts a handstand. He can't do a handstand, of course he's not. He's just your normal, everyday, common streaker. So he does a kind of an attempted handstand. The stewards start running on, so he decides to start legging it. And he doesn't quite know where he's going, so it's almost like some sort of... Um, pre-match kind of marking exercise or zonal marking exercise. He kind of juts from and from sort of one area to the other and then eventually the stewards come on and bundle him down. But what I want to know is what's the protocol for bundling a naked man? Because this chap was <laughs> wriggling and writhing all over the place. What, what do you do if you're a steward and you're in that situation? Is there a set of guidelines, any, any stewards listening to this? Is there a set of guidelines on where you can and can't put your hands in that situation? We're going to have to get someone to tweet in about that. But speaking of which, we're going to move on to Twitter topic of the week now. I want a very quick answer from you both, so have a think when we come back. But here's Faker Others rounding up all your responses this week. Twitter topic of the week. Thanks very much, ladies. Well, we've been asking you this week, which former player do you keep an eye out for and why? And that's after Huddersfield's James Vaughan tweeted, getting a lot of love from the Everton fans today means a lot that you all still look out for me. Thank you. His hashtag was once a blue. So you've been tweeting us all week. This is from at Dan Young 5. He says, as a Luton fan, most players that made it. So Curtis Davis, Emerson Boyce, Leon Barnett, Jack Wilshire are the examples that he gives. Couldn't agree more there, Dan. Uh, Richard Buxton, Craig Bellamy from Liverpool FC and Tim Cahill from Everton FC both wore their hearts on their sleeves for their respective clubs. Uh, Warren, who's a Burnley fan, says Jay Rodriguez and Jack Cork at Southampton and Gary Cahill at Chelsea. And then finally, we've got Philip Gatt, who says, try to follow most former United players, particularly like Giuseppe Rossi, 22, who scored for Fiorentina last night. We'll be sending out another Twitter topic of the week next week. So send us your responses and hopefully I'll read some out for you. Twitter topic of the week. Thank you very much, Faye. And we'll very briefly update you on ours as well. We've got a Wolves fan, a Manchester United fan and Liverpool fan. Hopefully you know in which order by now. Um, I'm going to reveal mine anyway, first of all. Robbie Keane, I definitely keep an eye on the MLS. I definitely kept an eye on him when he came back and had that loan spell at Villa, um, when he was at Spurs. I do like to look out for Kino. Um So, yes, we all have one player. But Matt Jarvis for me too this season in the Premier League. Uh, Hayley? 
David Beckham follows every move, <laughs> every move. Even now he's not playing, I still have to make sure I keep a close eye on every little thing he does in life. Him and Harper and his children. Are you following him on Instagram? Following him everywhere. <laughs> when I say following him, genuinely following him. Be careful, David. Um, Kate, would that explain the disappearance of several Sky posters where he's posing as our ambassador or whatever he is? Uh, it wouldn't surprise you to know I, of course, uh, do follow Fernando Torres and his hairstyles. I was only kidding about David Beckham, but, I mean, come on, girls. <laughs> posters for that big high street brand, everything. He's just there. He's following me. He's everywhere I turn. He's looking at me at work, on the billboards, at roundabouts, on the billboards, shop windows. Football matches. My, my other half came back from the States with some David Beckham underpants. I'm not quite oh. sure how I feel about them. It, it feels a bit weird that he's wearing David Beckham's name. In I'm going to leave you having a chat about David Beckham. Yes, <laughs> what you have to do, you just close your eyes. Oh, no. Here's Kate Partridge oh, no. with the Bundesliga Roundup. The female take on football. With the prospect of facing Jose Mourinho again, in charge of Chelsea again, in the European Super Cup, there's nothing like losing your 100% league record. Nicolas Herfler's 86th-minute equaliser stunned Bayern Munich has Freiburg grabbed an unlikely 1-1 draw and ensured two drop points for new coach Pep Guardiola. However, the draw was still a club record 29th straight unbeaten game and Bayern went top, as they do. During the summer, I asked Franz Beckenbauer what he thought Guardiola could do for his old club. A lot, said Der Kaiser. He knows how to improve players, improve the team, and he will do it. Definitely. I thought, how do you improve on a treble? The answer could be, take a sabbatical, study the league, learn the language, and then take charge. Beckenbauer also said Borussia Dortmund and Bayer Leverkusen are closing the gap at the top. He's right. Dortmund is second with three wins from three after Robert Lewandowski's tap-in against Werder Bremen. Leverkusen are third on goal difference and surprise 100% package Mainz a fourth thanks to Nikolai Müller, who's mullered in four goals. Beckenbauer also tipped Schalke, who are fourth bottom above Hamburg, Stuttgart and new boys Eintracht Braunschweig, who are finding life tough at the top. He also said new Bayern midfielder Mario Goetze is the best player in Germany but the country's most expensive player is yet to shine. Time will tell. The Kaiser also added Bayern are an example for the rest of the league to do better than last season. Unflinchingly said... And who could argue? Thank you very much, Kate. And that's all from us. Uh, we've waffled on enough, haven't we, today? Uh, big thank you for listening. And make sure you download every Thursday. We're on Audio Boo. Also, at Offside Rule Pod is our Twitter account. And to remind you once more, we now have a lovely website, offsiderulepodcast.com. Go there and we'll make sure that we update everything and keep it brand new. Lots of underwear discussed today. We hope you don't think it's pants. <laughs> What an outline. Bye-bye. The Offside Rule. We get it. With Lindsay Hooper, Hayley McQueen and Kate Borsay.